what is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Bidvoe. This is Julie Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. Hey, what's up? This is Brandy. Music and features from a woman's perspective. Intriguing conversation. Espresso. The Mocha Mix. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. How do you go from a job in corporate America to raising your son into a superstar? Bow Wow's mom, Teresa Caldwell, tells her story. Cafe Mocha begins now. It's Cafe Mocha. Angelique Lani Love Yo-Yo on the line. She's one of those people in the background that built one of our favorite, favorite young artists. And many of us don't even know her name. Author and manager of her son, Bow Wow. Teresa Caldwell, thank you for joining Cafe Mocha. Oh my God, thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate you guys. I want to start with sort of the obvious question. Every parent thinks that they have the most talented kid in the world (laughs) and he's going to be a whatever. You know, how did you, at what point did you realize that Bow Wow, you know, was something special and had the potential to, you know, become a huge artist. Well, when he was, to be totally honest, when he was born, I felt like he was a little weird. (laughs) I was like, this, I'm keeping it all the way 100, guys. But I was like, this, this, this baby is weird. Like, Something like he's been here before, like, and you know, I'm an energy person. I'm a spirit person. Like I like, like I feel like we're connected. Our energies are connected. Our spirit is connected to one another. So I'm like, you know what? This child is, he's advanced. Like he was just like different. So as he got older, I was like, okay, this child is a star because he can remember his memory was great. And he was a little entertainer. So he used to entertain me and my girlfriends all the time. He was just, he, at first I thought it was going to be a comedian to be totally honest. I was like, he's going to be a comedian because he's funny. I never thought that he was going to be a rapper until, like, because I used to listen to, like, gangster rap, right? Like, back in the day. And so he would remember the lyrics, and he would he would sit there and say, you know, F the police coming straight from the underground. And I'm like, oh, well, you can't say that. You know? Like, what? And I'm like, and he's like, oh, my God. Like, NWA, he, would, he knew that whole album. Like, I was like, oh, my God. You know? So he was just, he was different. It was different. What advice would you give to um, parents see that special something in their in their child and maybe get them involved in in something? What what advice would you give them? I would I would give them. This is what I would tell. This is what I'm telling you, parents. Like when you if you feel like your child has that gift, like I felt like my son had that gift, and I I did a lot of reading. Um, I made sure like, you know, I started calling people and was like, you know what, my kid is, my kid is talented. Like my kid is talented. And I put in the work, like I got him with a, 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 another rapper to write some lyrics. I put together a package. I sent that package to every label. I would call the labels and I would be like, okay, who is your A&R person? Who is this? Like I did research and that's, that's what I did. So even like I'm doing it now with his daughter because his daughter is, is a star. Wow, that's great. And and, you know, it's not easy really to manage your own child's star. How difficult or how easy was it to manage Bow Wow? Well, it wasn't easy 
um, I think what I struggled with was I didn't want to be the type of mother who her son looked at as you're my manager. You understand? So, and one thing about me, guys, I never wanted to be Bao's friend. Like I was your mother and I was your manager. Like I separated the two. So he knew when I was in manager mode and he knew I when I was the mother. I never wanted to be his friend. And another thing, like, for me is I'm the type of person who I'm very independent. Like, I never wanted my son to take care of me. And a lot of people don't know this about me, but I'm the one that went to probate court. I'm the one that said, here, you guys handle his money. Because I never wanted him to grow up. And, you know, when I was young and you seeing all that money and I'm not going to lie, I might have, you know, took a couple million and bought me a crib. You know, what I'm <laughs> I just didn't want, you know, I'm just keeping it all the way 100. And I never wanted my son to grow up and say that I took from him. So I have always worked. You know, so when I quit my job in corporate America, like I was making six figures. So when Sony wanted me to quit my job, I went to Sony and I was like, oh, hold up. Like, what happens if my son don't make it? And I done gave up my six figure a year job. Mm -hmm. So I made sure in Val's contract that Sony gave me a certain amount of money until my son turned 18. Because he was young and you know how it is. It's hard like to get those type of jobs, especially back then to where you 20 some years old and you making six figures. Like that's hard. Right. So I want, I want, I made sure I protected myself. So I never took anything from my son. Like I always worked. Wow. It's Cafe Mocha. When we come back, we're going to talk to Teresa Caldwell about her new book. I once was her. This is Cafe Mocha. Sit tight. You're only minutes away from more Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. I'm Angelique, along with Lonnie Love and Yo-Yo. On the line, Teresa Caldwell. She's Bow Wow's mother. She's Bow Wow's... Are you still his manager? Former manager? I am. No, I am his former manager. I no longer manage him anymore. And uh, she's got a book out called I Once Was Her. What's it about? Tell us. Okay, I Once Was Her. It's pretty much like... You know, my life, me growing up as a little girl, me growing up, you know, homeless, is talking about like how I was homeless at a young age. I had a child at a young age and I was in very abusive relationships. It talks about um, watching your mother, you know, be abused by men and then you end up being just like your mother and you start dating the same type of guys you saw your mother date. So I talk about that. I talk about, you know, me being a, a girl who wanted who wanted the love from her dad. I feel like as a father, I feel like that's the first man that a girl will ever love. So I talk about I didn't have that. And what, how that affected me, you know, growing up. I talk about me managing my son. I talk about our relationship. I talk about, you know, the struggles that I went through. I talk about how I came out of those those different struggles in my life. And I talk about like, you know, I once was her. I talk about, you know, um, you know, just being taken advantage, just everything that we go through as girls and women. Like I once was her. I am no longer her. And you guys can be no longer her either. But I fought. I fought through all of that. I talk about how pain is temporary. 
You know, sometimes God takes us through different things in our life and it could be painful, but it's, we don't stay in that pain. We have a choice. And I chose happiness. I fought through that. Teresa, what's the one um, story that really gets to you that was the hardest in your book, I Once Was Her? Ooh. Oh, the hardest story in my book um, I talk about is, and it was really hard for me to write about it, was the relationship that I really, really wanted for and I craved with my father. And I never got it. I got, you know, um, you know, my father, I, I can't even remember a time when my dad called me by my name, Teresa. My dad used to call me Blackie. So that was my name. So, and I, I remember, that was hard because I wanted to prove to my father, you know, that I was more than just a Blackie. I was more than that. And um, that was really difficult for me to, you know, to, to, to write. It was, um, it was hard even to this day, like, you know, and I think about all those things and, 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 and if he would have been a good father, there's a lot of things in my life that I probably wouldn't have gone through. He called you so black as an insult or was it a nickname? I think he probably called me that like a nickname, but I was dark, like I'm, I mean, you know, growing up being brown, like I'm brown. Like that was, you know, like I was dark to people. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, and I used to tell my dad, like, don't call me that. Like, you know, don't, don't say that. Like, so he might've thought it was a nickname, but it really didn't, it, it, it didn't feel good to me. And I used to tell him that all the time. You know, T Teresa, it's so incredible to hear you talk about, you know, things that really matter the most to you and put it in a story. Why do you think it's so important for women to tell their stories, to write it out for others to, um, to uh, read? Well, for me, I can just talk about me. I don't know about other women, but for me, it was healing. And for me, it was more like, I felt, I, I feel like, you know, God put me on this earth for a reason. And I feel like for me, if I can help one girl, one girl, one girl, yeah. that means the world to me. One girl read my book and I can help her. That, and it's that, important for us to share our stories, Teresa. I most mean, definitely. You know, and I, that's why I wrote a memoir. I tell these ladies on the line, you know, write your story. I tell our listeners, you know, even if you just jot down, um, a couple of things of what you're feeling um, yes. every day being in a pandemic, you know. Did you find it freeing once the book was done? Did you feel like you had lift, something had lifted off of you? Oh my gosh, guys, listen, I it, it freed me in so many ways. You know, I felt like it's it's done, like I, I it's out there. I felt, I felt free. And you know, and, I, and I'm like, like none of us are perfect and I'm always working on myself, trying to make myself a better person, a better mother, a better friend. Um, so I'm always gonna be, it's, it's like a never ending thing with me, you know, because I, I have, I have a, a, a kind heart. I always want everybody to experience what I experience. You know, with my girlfriends, I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just so giving and a lot of times, you know, I get taken advantage of and people be like, why do you let people take advantage of you? And I just feel like, 
you know, that's just who I am. I, it's not about them taking advantage of me. It's about I, I helped someone get to or learn something they always wanted to learn. And if I can give them the knowledge and different things that I've gone through so they don't make the same mistakes, then that, it's okay because, you know, God, I, I, I look up to God. God is the one who judged me. I don't care about what, what other people say about me. That's the type of person that I am. So it's it's not about all that. And people look at me like, girl, you just be doing this and doing that. I'm like, you know what? I did it and it is what it is. The name of the book is called I Once Was Her by author and former manager of Bow Wow and his mother, Teresa Caldwell. Teresa, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you guys so much for, for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Standing in solidarity, celebrating 10 years of radio from a woman's perspective, it's Cafe Mocha. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians, Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist, Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Funky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. I'm Angelique. And on the line, she was literally the first nurse to get the COVID vaccine at University of Maryland Medical Center. Please uh, joining me now is Nurse Sean Hendricks. How are you, Sean? I'm well. I'm well. It's early, but I'm (laughs) Good, good. You know, I want to start with just how you are as a nurse, because I know that, you know, you're handling COVID patients and this has been going on since February, March now. Um, How are you personally doing and handling just the, the what's happening? 
So I'll tell you, um, it's definitely um, been stressful, especially since uh, we've made it through the first surge, um, you know, that started in March. And then, you know, we had some a little downtime, um, but now the numbers have definitely started to rise again and we're going back into a major uh, surge. Um, and we have made it a priority um, for our nurses because I oversee uh, many of the biocontainment areas that care for COVID patients. Mm -hmm. In addition to a new modular care unit that we just built um, to take care of additional patients because we know that the numbers, um, you are, uh, we're thinking they're going to exceed the numbers that we had before. And so um, we want to make sure that our nurses and, you know, uh, myself, that we continue to also, you know, have self-care. So we've created Zen rooms um, okay. within the hospital, um, times, you know, where they can sit back, uh, take a breather, take a break, because um, that's important. That's important. Yeah, it feels like a lot of um, a lot of doctors and nurses are getting burnt out. So you're you're calling them Zen rooms. They could just, yeah. just chill out zone. Absolutely, because they're working long hours. You know, nurses work twelve hour shifts, so they're pretty much working seven a.m. to seven thirty p.m., seven p.m. to seven thirty a.m., and you know, could possibly extend past that sometimes. And we were again during the first surge going nonstop. So when many individuals were working for home, we didn't know what that was um, because we were, you know, um, making sure that we were taking care of our priority, which at that time was the patients. Um, because again, you got to think, um, there was no visitation. Um, right now we have, um, you know, uh, put those restrictions back in as far as um, visitation goes. And so many times, you know, um, as nurses, um, we are the last hand that a patient may hold. Um, you know, we're there you know, in their last hours, we try to connect the patients with their families via iPad, but they're still not the same. Um, so we, again, made that a priority to make sure that we sit there right at their bedside um, to be there for them when, you know, their families couldn't be. It's Cafe Mocha talking to nurse Sean Hendricks. She is the first nurse at University of Maryland Medical Center to get the COVID vaccination, which we are going to talk about in just a moment. Tight. You're only minutes away from more Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. She's the first person at University of Maryland Medical Center to get the COVID vaccine uh, produced by Pfizer. Sean Hendricks is on the line. She's a nurse uh, and has been caring for COVID patients since this started. Sean, uh, we all saw you get the shot. Uh, we saw the pictures. We saw the video. How you feeling? You got any side effects? <laughs> Actually, I'll say this. I am feeling well. Um, contradictory to everybody that's, you know, been a little afraid. I feel well. Um, I did have a little soreness in my arm, but that is a side effect of any vaccination when you get your flu vaccination or any other vaccinations that you get. So um, otherwise, you know, um, I'm fine. Um, and actually, nothing against the flu vaccine, but that one was more painful than the COVID vaccine. Okay, so I know that you are on social media and um, it, with what little time you have in the spare time that you have, um, and I'm sure you've seen all of the people out there. Oh, I'm not taking this vaccine. Oh, this, oh, that, oh, the other. How 
is the medical community going to convince people that this is safe and that we should take it? Um, I think that, um, you know, we, we have to, you know, really understand that um, it's now been um, authorized by the FDA and CDC. And the FDA could be one of the most stringent um, process approvals um, in the world. Um, and it has been, you know, authorized to be given. Um, and then mRNA, um, the vaccine, um, that's not new. That has actually been being studied by pharmaceutical companies and researchers for over a decade now. Um, I think that people think that it's been rushed, but the only thing that was really rushed was the administrative barriers that usually, you know, take quite a bit of um, time. Um, so those things were rushed, but the science of it wasn't. So, you know, there have been a lot of people working really hard um, on making sure that we can uh, um, have our um, communities um, and the people at large vaccinated because I think that is the only way that we're going to find our way out of this pandemic. I interview people for a living. I've talked to tons of doctors at the beginning of this. They were like, oh, the shortest time that it ever took to come up with a vaccine was four years, and that was for the mumps. So the idea that between March and now, this vaccine was developed is for a lot of people, you know, difficult to understand and And trust. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it is there, right there. Um, understandably so, so, I understand that concern. Um, however, you know, we have to, we had to come together. Again, this, the, the, the vaccine isn't new. It's just new on the market. Sean Hendricks, RN at University of Maryland Medical Center, the first at the medical center to get the COVID vaccine. Thank you so much. Please be safe. And I definitely want you to check in in a few months um, again so we can get updated on how everything's going, okay? Absolutely. It will be my pleasure. Thanks, Sean. Happy holidays. Standing in solidarity, celebrating 10 years of radio from a woman's perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is The Espresso. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom hits Netflix, and it's Chadwick Boseman's final film. Here's a taste of his performance. I'm gonna give me a band and make me some records. I didn't give Mr. Stutterman some of my songs I wrote, and he said he's gonna let me record them when I get my band together. I just gotta finish the last part of this song. I got style. Oh, everybody got style. Style ain't nothing. We're keeping the same idea from beginning to end. Everybody got it. Everybody can't play like I do. The film is adapted from a play by August Wilson. Ma Rainey is played by Viola Davis, whose career was launched by August Wilson. August was that one writer who saw me. And when I say me, I I do mean me, but I also mean people like me. To me, he's a muse. And Denzel talks about his role as executive producer. What's left for me to do professionally? This is perfect. It's not hard. It's a joy. It's an opportunity. It's a privilege to shepherd this material. You know, pressure's not on me. Pressure's on the filmmakers. Make sure you watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix. That's the espresso. Stay close. More Cafe Mocha is on the way. Does it-
Hi, I am Rashawn McDonald, host of MoneyMakingConversation.com. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award is a celebration of black men making a difference in our community by empowering others to reach their life goals. They can be civic leaders, people in business, activists, celebrities, and everyday dads. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award honoree this week is C.J. McCullough. Making a difference. In 2016, this Portland Trailblazer basketball star opened the C.J. McCullen Dream Center, an innovative learning room outfitted with new computers, books, art, and learning tools for the Blazers Boys and Girls Club. They go through the year program, and once they finish, I think two to five students are in position to receive a job that pays up to 70000 a year with no degree. It teaches kids you know, from inner cities, kids from, from underpoverished areas and underserved community areas how to code. And then it provides them with an opportunity to, to make a living for not only themselves, but their families. The Cafe Mocha Swag Award represents men who have strength, whose wisdom is assertive, and who is genuine in their spirit. Cafe Mocha wrapping up the show. This is just a reminder. Things are worse than ever out there. Please wear your mask or better yet, just stay home. And I know we're all tired of this. We want it to be over, but it's not over. In fact, it's getting worse. And all it takes is one person to catch COVID and spread it to the family. So please be safe. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Funky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.